Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry seventh day of Christmas. How many of you still have your Christmas trees up? Yay, because I know there's some people who pack everything up the day after Christmas and sweep up all the pine needles and and think Christmas has come and gone. But as many of you know, there are 12 days to Christmas and the season continues today. It continues through January 5th and then on the 6th it becomes Epiphany. So that's why we can continue to sing Christmas carols. Plus, it's impossible, I think, to contemplate the incarnation, God with us, on one day only. We have 12 days to do it. We, all, we have all the time to do that, but 12 days to think about the deep mysteries of Christmas. And so today we can say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and we can continue to bask in the glow of the holidays one day, and it's not over. Now our reading today is part of the Christmas story. Simeon and Anna are figures in the Christmas story, in the aftermath of Christ's birth. And here's what we can learn from Simeon. Sometimes we wait a long time for something, perhaps even a lifetime or more, but God's promises are still true. God is working in God's timing to bring about a different order, and that's where our hope must lie. This broken order isn't all there is. And even when it seems that darkness is winning in the world, God's light comes, and often in ordinary ways. Simeon recognized this. The Holy Spirit confirmed it in him that day so long ago in the temple. Well, let me unpack today's scriptures for you. I'll work backwards and start with Galatians first. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. Hear that? Born under the law. Jesus was born under the law and raised according to the ordinary laws of Judaism. So that's exactly why Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus are in the Jerusalem temple in our passage. Luke wants to show us that Jesus' family observed the law as any good, ordinary Jewish family would do. We can understand this as God coming into the mundane through that which was known and accepted. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on the three post-delivery rituals of Judaism. One ritual took place uh, when the child was eight days old, and, and that was circumcision. And this is the day the whole family would come and when the father would name the baby boy. Joseph named him Jesus, a common, ordinary name back then. And then, you know, what happened? Circumcision. And this was the sign of the old covenant that God had made with Abraham and a sign of the covenant between God and the person being circumcised. Another ritual took place 
31 days post-birth, but only if one was the firstborn male. And this was the dedication in the temple. And when a firstborn male back then was 31 days old, the father, in this case Joseph, would go and kill the firstborn of his cattle, the firstborn of his sheep, and offer them as a sacrifice. And then the father would take the firstborn male child to the Lord and dedicate him. And the reason was that this child would be the head of the family, the primary heir of the family inheritance and the future authority in the family for all disputes. In a patriarchal society, being the firstborn male was a special position. So Jesus was the firstborn male, and he would have gone through that ritual of dedication. Finally, a third ritual took place at 40 days, a woman's purification. Now, Mary delivered, had, had Mary delivered a baby girl, her purification would take place 80 days after birth. 40 days after for a boy, and 80 days after for a girl. I kind of see that as the way a patriarchal society punished a woman for having a girl. Instead of having to remain at home for 40 days, she would have to remain at home for 80 days. Now, according to Jewish law, Mary would go to the temple on the 40th day for purification rites. The law said that they had to offer the sacrifice of a lamb, or if they could not afford a lamb, they were to offer two turtle doves or two young pigeons, which the scripture says is what they in fact offered. And this tells us that Jesus came from a poorer family. They were common, humble, mundane, and this is how God comes to us. Now, admittedly, Luke interweaves the rites of dedication and purification in a confusing way in our gospel passage. But the point is, is that he wants to show us um, that Jesus is reared according to the laws of Judaism and that neither his parents nor Jesus rebelled against or rejected the, laws, the law of Moses. For Luke, the temple is important in the Jesus story. His gospel starts with Zechariah in the temple, and it closes with Jesus' disciples in the temple. So we have the ministry of Jesus moving toward Jerusalem and the mission of the church moving out from Jerusalem. So with that background, let us return now to Simeon. He's a pious old man, righteous and devout, longing for the consolation of Israel, which can be understood as the messianic age. And just some background to understand the times better. In those days, the people pined for salvation, salvation from poverty, salvation from the oppression of the occupying Roman army, salvation from Herod, that horrible, murderous, baby-killing tyrant who ruled their lives. The world, much like today, was in turmoil. There was war, and Israel was a police state under Herod. And this was also a time of violence between people and governments. And through all of this, 
Simeon had been assured by the Holy Spirit that he would live to see the advent of the Messianic age. Now, interestingly, the Holy Spirit leads Simeon to the temple exactly when Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus are there for the ritual. And Jesus' presentation inspires him to proclaim the child is God's Messiah, something Mary and Joseph already know from their angelic messenger. In the inspired song that Simeon sings called the Nunc Dimittis, which you can, by the way, hear sung beautifully by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir on YouTube, Simeon declares Jesus to be the means of salvation for all people, Jew and Gentile alike. This old man who had been waiting so long to see the light sings out, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And he sings of the light that has come into the darkness of the world. He was an old man and had waited a long time to see this. And the Spirit confirmed for Simeon that this baby was the long-awaited light which our Isaiah scripture prophesies. Uh, Isaiah prophesies that sal the salvation that, a salvation that will burn like a torch. And keep in mind that Isaiah was writing eight centuries before the time of Jesus. Yes, Simeon had known this was coming all his life. He knew the Hebrew scriptures, he knew the Psalm. God had been working out the entire world's salvation in God's own time. And Simeon had lived to see this salvation's inbreaking. In a sense, Simeon and the aged prophetess Anna, who confirmed Simeon's words, were Israel in miniature. Two old people, male and female, poised in anticipation of a new era. Well, here we also stand on the cusp of a new year. And similar to Simeon and Anna of our gospel reading today, we too live between two worlds. One is dying, and the other continues the struggle to be born fully. Some of us are waiting for breakthroughs and answered prayer, peace on earth, peace in Israel and Palestine. Some of us are waiting for a clean bill of health or a hopeful future, and we groan with each headline or diagnosis, and we wonder when God's order will ever come fully into our world. And yet it does and will in God's time. In the meantime, we are called to be light bearers in this time between times. We're not yet at the consummation of all things, but we can be a participant in God's healing so that all can have a foretaste of heaven right now. One last item I want to unpack for you today in Luke's scripture is that Simeon says something specifically to Mary, not Joseph, after he blesses the Holy Family. He said prophetically, this child is destined for the falling 
and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword shall pierce your own soul too. Apparently, this message occurred in the outer court of the temple where women were allowed. What he means is that Jesus will bring truth to light and will affect decision and judgment and inversion of the wicked order. However, in doing so, Jesus will face opposition and death. And through it, Mary's own soul will be pierced. Simeon foresees that she will be witness to Jesus' crucifixion. So in summation, the gospel passage today tells us that Mary and Joseph have fully kept the law, and then they return with Jesus to Nazareth, and the child grows in strength and wisdom and divine favor. And so I'll end with this story. There was a man who refused to go to church with his family on Christmas Eve because he didn't believe the gospel story. And as he was reading the paper, he heard a noise at the front picture window, and the snow was coming down hard, and the wind had picked up, and he went to investigate and discovered two small sparrows that had flown into the window. Other sparrows were perched on the bushes, cold and shivering. And he felt sorry for them, and he put, the, put on his coat, and he went out, and he picked up the injured birds, carrying them to the warmth of the barn, where he thought the other birds would come in and find shelter. And he left the doors open, but, but the other birds didn't follow. So he placed breadcrumbs, like Hansel and Gretel did, as a path. And soon he thought the hungry little birds would follow, but they didn't. So he tried to chase them into the barn, and it didn't work. Finally, frustrated, he sat down and he thought, if, if I could just talk to them and get them to know that I want to help them and save them. But he thought, you know, I can't do it unless I become one of them, unless I become one of them. And then the church bells began to ring, and the man knelt in the deep snow, realizing he now knew this peace on earth that the angels sang about. And he said, thank you, God, for becoming one of us. In the darkness of so many difficult days, may this word give you comfort. God became one of us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. God wants to get all of us into the ark or into the barn. And may this word today also give us challenge. Once we get made whole, God wants us to help others get into the barn too. The stories Jesus goes on to tell during his days of public ministry are all about this. We're healed to heal. We are liberated to liberate. As he was promised, Simeon saw the baby at the temple before he died. This was God's confirmation for him that the new age had dawned. And as we stand on the cusp of this new year, we too need a message of hope and joy, just as when Jesus was born. How I like that story about Simeon and Anna. They, they came to the temple that day, old, common, ordinary people, and had been waiting for the Messiah all their lives.
And they looked at the baby, born also to common, ordinary folks who reared him according to the laws of Judaism. And the Spirit led Simeon and Annan, Simeon and Annan to believe and then to proclaim. Like them, sometimes we wait a long time for a full answer to prayer, perhaps even a lifetime. But God's promises are still true. Indeed, God is working in God's timing to bring about a different order, and that is where our hope must lie. This broken world isn't all there is. Eternity awaits. So believe and have hope. Even when it seems that darkness is winning in this world, God's light comes, often in ordinary ways. Now, as Christ's hands and feet remaining here on this earth, may we, likewise, ordinary people, be the light bearers in this time between times. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.